everybody. It's Jason Bennett, Popcorn HQ. We are in San Diego, California, and this is our first official podcast episode. And we've entitled this Convention Impressions, because I am joined this year at San Diego Comic-Con with staff writer Josh Winchester from Chicago, made the trip out here. And we just went to day one of San Diego Comic-Con, and this is year one for Josh. So, Josh, uh, tell us about your impression of a first year for, uh, you know, a convention this magnitude and, and you know, a name like this. And, uh, you know, what was it like experiencing that as a first-time fan, but, you know, and then also media, I guess. Well, I'll tell you, Jason... I've been writing for Pop Cult HQ for a number of years now, since uh, 2017, and I've covered a lot of conventions over the years for myself uh, and for the website, C2E2, uh, Motor City Comic Con, but San Diego was definitely far and away what I always hoped to be able to go to. And this first day, definitely, ultimate impression was amazing. Now, I mean, obviously, we're going around the con floor, we're checking out Artist Alley and the small press region and also the area with, you know, Dark Horse and Boom Studios and Mad Cave and all of the other big name indie publishers. And it's a lot to take in, to be perfectly honest. So <laughs> the one thing I will tell everybody who listens to this, if you have the opportunity to go to San Diego Comic-Con, either as an attendee or an exhibitor, is make sure you wear comfortable shoes like we did because you're going to be on your feet all day. Yes. Don't overload your backpack, which is something I didn't do, thankfully, but you still want to make sure that whatever you bring with you to wear on your back or to carry stuff with, that you're prepared to haul it around for a good chunk of the day, unless you go to panels, in which case that does give you a small respite. True, true. Your feet are already going to have a, a tough time anyway. You're on your feet all day, walking that floor at various speeds. You know, last thing you need is more weight on it, so we're kind of feeling the burn today. But uh, at least we got the, made the rounds and got a good kind of lay of the land. Tomorrow's really going to be a, a big step up. Um, Josh and I walked some of the convention together today. But also, you know, we split up. I had a couple of interviews, and during that time, Josh had some places that wanted to check out, did some uh, looking around and stuff. So where did you head up? today whether you know we'll talk about stuff that we did together but when you were out on your own well while you were off doing um a couple of interviews my ultimate goal was to get to artist alley because i did bring a few things with me to get signed nothing crazy or elaborate like there are some people who bring like stacks of books or hardcovers or trade paperbacks and that's all well and good but you're not going to fly across the country with all that. Just no. Just wait and, yeah. No, sure. no. You, you, <laughs> you learn to pack smarter when you do trips like this over the years. But ultimately, at one point, I got a little bit turned around from where we came down from the second level where you're like, you know, your press registration pickup was and your badge pickup and a few of like the celebrity meets. And I ended up over at the far end of the retailer region, which was not a bad thing because I was able to do a little shopping that I had promised for some friends. But I still had to get all the way back to the other end, going through the, the human sea of mayhem. There were definitely pockets where I was able to like put a little bit of speed on and stuff. But for the rest of the time, I was definitely doing the turtle shuffle. But it, 
it was a lot of fun, you know, and ultimately I just had a great time this first day getting to take it all in after years of watching footage online, seeing pictures, seeing coverage by major news outlets that make the trip every year minus the, you know, pandemic and all that. And it definitely lived up to my expectations, which is what I was hoping for more than anything, that I would not be let down. Now, I grant you this is only day one of, you know, several days. We've still got Friday, Saturday, Sunday to go. But if this is any indication of how great it is based on just one day, and this was even like the soft day, I can't wait to see what comes next. You know, and we've got a lot to do. You did a lot of interviews today. I mostly walked around, played gopher, uh, shook hands, and got to you know know people a little bit. Well, we also both got to approach some publishers yeah. and, and connect, and like uh, you know, I uh, I did spend time today connecting not only with publishers for who I had interviews scheduled with prior to that. We we work with the Popcorn HQ and have for years, um, but uh, you know some some of the PR reps or the the uh, press relations and uh, and even some creators where we got to introduce Josh and you know I'm we're really thankful for uh, Comic Con International San Diego for allowing. You're giving us an allotment of two tickets for allowing another press member of our uh, media organization to attend and assist with coverage. And and now that's given us the opportunity to do this kind of expanded coverage, other things. And we're definitely going to have some great post-con coverage because, I mean, already, like Josh said, it's only Thursday and I was speaking with someone, I can't, while you're talking, I can't think of who it was, but we had both commented on how Thursday being is usually the slower day, but it looked like there was an increase of people and, and, a, and a good amount. So, I mean, if that's any indicator on a Thursday, I, I think we're set for a really strong weekend. And I mean, look at all the great cosplay we saw and just, and that was just on Thursday. You, it was stuff that you would expect to see Friday, maybe even Saturday. There were definitely some contest-worthy uh, oh, yeah. costumes and outfits. Um, there was one that I saw that, I mean, okay, for every convention you go to, you are going to see Master Chief and, you know, characters from the Halo video game series, whether Spartans or Marines or Covenant or whatever. But this Master Chief was definitely one of the most impressive I've ever seen because the suit was all 3D printed. And the gentleman who was dressed as Marine standing next to Chief, like they were obviously like, you know, a package deal, said that it took this guy over a year to do all of Chief's Spartan armor in 3D print. And... I've known some folks who have made some really impressive Spartan armors over the years from Pepicura, from uh, uh, foam, like, you know, like insulated and then like dipped in like hardened materials and stuff. But a 3D print job is ultimately a thousand times more impressive, in my opinion, because that is rock solid material that is durable, (laughs) that is going to last. Well, yeah, and and especially how um, how accurate you can get with. And the precision with the dimensions and 
And and with that cosplay, just let everyone know, Josh saw him before we even stepped into the convention center. It was right outside, like, uh, Hall C or Hall D. And, yeah, we hadn't even gotten in, and, and he... Uh, is is one of the people they first got uh, some pictures of. It was just you know before even going in, we needed to uh, definitely go and connect with that guy and, and oh yeah, well, check out what he's doing. Well, that what was great about that, and I'll make sure to when I send you that picture, include the information. He had a QR code on his armor, I think, on either the right or the left upper pauldron. Right, right. That you could scan it and go right to the website for this company that he clearly either works for or is a member of, and that's how we'll be able to tag him on social media. And I was like, now that's clever because because that's a great way for people. Like everyone's going to want to go and get a picture with him or a picture of him because it's the Master Chief. And when they find out how amazing this costume is, they're going to want to know more. So, boom, you use your QR scanner on that thing. You go to this website and And you can learn more. I think with that, I think I'll have to look. um, You know, when when we put out articles at Popcut HQ and uh, in my editing, you know, we work with WordPress for our our articles and, and all the pages that you see. I want to see how I can maybe integrate adding QR codes. It was one of the things I noticed today, too, that QR codes start popping up everywhere. I mean, it seemed like there is a larger than usual uh, number of people using them for promotion. Uh, John Boy Myers had one who I ran into, and great scene. He was one of my first... People during my very first convention with Popcorn HQ at Reno Comic Con in November of 2015, where I also interviewed Neil Adams. But this was before Neil uh, John Boy was doing any of these Marvel covers. He was, you know, still uh, you know a strong indie artist. But swung by there, and and yeah, we kind of relived a little bit of that, and he uh, graciously threw me this. Beautiful book of his uh, autograph. It is volume two. Uh, let's see, what is it called though? It says JohnBoyMyers.com, published by John Boy Myers. I mean, this. Oh my goodness! I think oh, it's wow. just a collection of covers. Okay, it's like so, a. It's, so it's a slip. Uh, I'm looking at this here, yeah, folks. There's Robin. There's, oh, wow. there's character art and what's I. Okay, so yeah, character designs where like like here here you have a uh, Robin. Starfire uh, and a couple of different designs. Uh, Beast Boy, okay, all, Raven. all these Titans characters. Um, Kid or Kid Flash. Yep. And, um, uh, Aqualad, Wonder Girl. Yeah. So it looks like a lot of different character designs for these for the Titan series. It's like a portfolio of his oh, wow. work as a whole. I'm seeing character designs, covers. Um, There's Spawn. Russ. And all kinds of stuff. Um, wow, this like is sketch a sketch covers, and and you know whether they were, if they were colored, it looks like some uh, process. Oh, I believe the term would be like his thumb, his thumbnail breakdown. Yeah. So like, like oh, wow, just, just to like fill people in a little bit who may not be aware of how sometimes the artistic process goes if you're not going digital. The way it goes for an artist is they'll start out with like their rough pencils, and some, maybe they're using markers. And then they keep filling in as it goes, and obviously you're adding more definition and shape 
to your ultimate vision for that cover and then finally the end result after it's been colored and everything is you know what you see when you go to your local comic shop or what you order digitally or maybe you have a subscription if they still do those of course in post-pandemic yeah. world These but are, it's oh god oh this one is gorgeous this one with the inhumans the look black, at black, black bolt. bolt oh he's amazing you got uh Mizmaro looking pretty good yep. here uh black jaw of course in the corner medusa um uh devil dinosaur yeah, and, uh, uh, Moon, and Girl. Moon Girl. Yep. Uh, yeah. So this is a this is a nice book. It, it's a it's a wide variety uh, collection of John Boy Myers' work. Uh, from and it's it's not it's not grouped in sections where like oh this section is just sketch covers and this section is just it's. It's, it's all throughout. It's a big variety, some in color, some in black and white, some showcasing both. Uh, I mean, visually, this thing is just beautiful. I mean, there, there's even interior work in here. For uh, So, yeah. I'm, this is definitely, this is a this wonderful little gift. And, oh, I think there's, uh, oh, is, this is a blank spot on the back where, like, maybe he could put in a sketch. Yeah. Maybe, like, or maybe do an inscription of some sort. That's nice. He's um, had this picture for uh, for quite a while. I think I've actually used it. I may have even used it for his uh, interview in 2015, but. It wouldn't surprise me, but. Yeah. Um, God, great looking Batman. Well, and look at all these DC characters. Well, uh, well, one of the things I just want to share really quickly about. Yeah. When we were in Artist Alley, and this is before you even found me, you were still doing that interview, is I managed to find the booth for Lee Weeks, who, you know, is a big artist in the industry. Right. He's been in the biz for a long, long time. And I had him sign my variant cover edition of the Batman Elmer Fudd one-shot that he and Tom King did for DC back when, um, a few years back, you know, pre-pandemic, when DC was doing those crossover one-shots with the Looney Tunes characters. Yes. And it was just, he was so nice and so friendly and so kind, and I've been a fan of his work for years, but that was just, I mean, I'm assuming you've read that one, Jason, the Batman Elmer Fudd one-shot. Yes. It was bad. Yeah, well, yeah, when they were doing, like we were talking earlier at the con, how they were doing that. All the one-shots. You know, the Daffy Duck Green Lantern one. Uh, Porky Pig, uh, Lex Luthor, which was just weird. Yeah, some of um, them, yeah, it was just. You did Lobo and who it, did, who was Lobo with? Because they did Wonder Woman with like either Tasmanian. Was, they did Wonder Woman with Tasmanian Devil. Sylvester the Cat. No, Sylvester was Zatanna because that was a okay. that was Sylvester and Tweety with Zatanna. I forget who Lobo was with. Um, but they did. Mar- they did. This one was kind of putting a hat on a hat. I remember this before we uh, go further. They did, if I recall correctly. Martian Manhunter and Marvin the Martian. Now that one is also fairly obvious in okay, of itself, but sure. it is kind of putting a hat on a hat. Uh, Lobo was with the Roadrunner. Oh my lord! I can't are. even. I don't even remember that one to be I, honest. Yeah, I don't. I think I would have. That's just weird. And I definitely man. want to check it out because, like, I it's, don't see the coyote involved. So, but right. so maybe he's kind of playing the coyote role, and maybe he gets all the possible, acne, uh, yeah, things that don't, that blow up on him. And, I, I mean, if anyone can survive getting blown up by acne product, it's Lobo. I mean, he can't. Never uh, could be, be it. Maybe that's he's why the they, main man, and any that's best. probably why they put him with that character. Makes sense, but yeah, like. 
just a final thought, honestly, and this is just a word of wisdom to all who are listening who wish they could go to Comic-Con or want to. If you are given the opportunity, whether it's you're working for a media outlet on a certain level, like what I've been doing all these years with Jason and Pop Cult, or a bigger one like CNBC or CBS or whatever, or even a website like Comics Mix or some of the other, um, some of our other peers in this line of work. If you have the chance, take it. Because even if it's only one time, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity that you will never forget that this handful of days walking one of the biggest conventions in all of this country rubbing shoulders with your fellow nerds and geeks, getting to talk to creators you may never have had the chance to meet before at any show, getting you know wonderfully cool merchandise like pins and t-shirts and Funko Pops and all kinds of stuff that will stay with you forever. And take pictures. Right, right. Take pictures because that's a really great way to capture the memory. And, and at Comic-Con, you know, like, networking's big on a number of levels, but not just with press, but other creators, network, you know, publishers. Um, it's one great thing about San Diego Comic-Con is it gives the opportunity for press to come in and you might create new relations, build new relationships with either creators or publishers you haven't worked with before. Uh, and also, you know, build upon and strengthen the relationships you have with, you know, like I, like we went to the Boom Studios booth and the Dark Horse and Omni Press and Titan and Man yeah. Cave and um, I found uh, I found Ghost, um, not Ghost Studios or whatever. I forget the name off the top of my head. I'm sorry for that. You but said you said that Mad Ghost or something, or something like that. I don't know because. It's the company that I thought. I'm like, well, I know Mad Cave. I, I haven't it's, heard of. It's the company that's handling Jeff Johns and Gary Frank's comics. Now that they've both, not completely, but more or less, moved away from the work that they're doing. Mad Ghost Productions. Yep. Which is actually which Mad Ghost is actually Jeff Johns's production company. So and it's no based surprise. Out of LA, which okay. It, yeah, sure. but I mean, they were really nice. Um, I actually, well, yeah, ran, I ran you know, into someone who knew a, an acquaintance of mine who worked on Stargirl, which is small world. Such a wonderful convention that like everyone there is happy. Everyone, you know, no matter what your cosplaying as or what your fandom is, there were lines. Every, I mean, like, for a Thursday, there were and, lines. You know, I've been to you know last. I can compare it to last year, twenty twenty ones. Is a little tough because that was Thanksgiving weekend and it was just Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so they didn't have that Thursday. But I know this year's Thursday was a lot busier it was. than last year. Uh, you know, like when we first walked in, I mean, there were long lines like wherever you went. Just This is just on the main convention floor. Mm-hmm. Um but, uh, you know, but it was great. It was just, you know, uh, it, it's a great environment. Like I said, we connected with, uh, I did do an interview today. Uh, there are a couple interviews that were done today that you can look forward to see on Pop Cold HQ. I spoke with uh, uh, Brian Brake at Konami. We talked about the, uh, the stuff Yu-Gi-Oh's got going on with their Trading card game, collectible card game. They do, uh, you know, f- physical cards. 
virtual cards. They have a, a whole uh, online system. I got a lot of great things to share with that. And one thing we're going to do too, we definitely have to make sure that we go back to that booth and get that free. If you go, if you're around in the area, go to the Konami Yu-Gi-Oh booth. Anyone can go up there. They have a green screen. They will take your picture and put mm -hmm. it inside a Yu-Gi-Oh, you know, like a trading card, a trading card. And they will actually print it, set it into like some card template, punch it out. And you have the actual physical card. Like, mm. I mean, it's sort of like Yu-Gi-Oh plays. You can probably slip it in one of your decks and all of a sudden rip it out and go, bam, it's me. I trump everything or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, just, just a cool thing. And it's, free which is amazing there is for, so much great free stuff to achieve at the booth now at, well not even there but also at the booth. convention yeah. now i mean some free things you have to spend a little bit of money to be able to get but the surprises are ultimately worth it i know that when i was walking around i went to the styling online t-shirt uh, tower and um, I did a little shopping for a couple of my friends back home in the Chicago area because it's Comic-Con and they're also fellow nerds like me and I wanted to do something nice for them because that's just the kind of guy I am. But it was, you know, you buy three t-shirts of any price and you get one mystery shirt for free, but you get to pick the size, which is great. So I don't know what this shirt is that I got. Now, was it... Did it kind of explain? Was it in, in like from a certain publisher or certain, no? It's just it's just these are just, these uh, are mystery they have or they, yeah, is just it, is anything it just they in have. Pop culture is it? I don't really know, but I mean, or is it just comic books? I mean, I didn't know. If, like, is there Game of Thrones or it could be anything? That's the whole oh, point. Okay, okay. That's the whole point of it being a mystery T-shirt box. You don't know what it is until you open it. Now, thankfully, again, you can pick your size. You know, so well, yeah. if you're a size medium or a small or a large or a 2X or a 3X, you can get a mystery shirt in your size. That's that the nice thing. That would make for is. a great gift, too. Because oh, if you just know someone's size, then it's like not only are you surprising them with uh, the gift of, you know, uh, well, one, something that was purchased at San Diego Comic-Con, two, something related to pop culture, but then there's also the surprise of, what are you gonna get? You know, whatever you go, you buy this for someone, you're gonna be intrigued. You want to know too that you know what it could have been. Yeah, I mean, it, it would irritate you. Like, I need to know what was the bonus. You know, I mean, that's a great draw for oh yeah uh, for the business. I'm sure. I have, I agree absolutely. And these are just before we get ready to wrap up because I know yeah. we've got to wrap up. This is just again. I talked a little bit about this before, but these are Josh's helpful tips to surviving Comic-Con, or any convention for that matter, not just San Diego, but any sure. convention, because I've been hauling butt to shows a lot of years now, since high school, actually, now that I think about it. Lord, that makes me feel older than I need to be. Huh. One, and I'm reiterating this, comfortable shoes. Unless you're in a cosplay and you have an area and people with you that can make sure you are okay, you want to make sure that your feet are not only well-protected and insulated, but are not going to develop serious sores, blisters, or lesions because I can't imagine what that is like to deal with. Number two, pack appropriately. If you are prepared to haul all around the convention center a couple of big hardcovers that you wanted to get signed by a bunch of your favorite creators in Artist Alley, that's great. 
but you need to be ready for the mental and physical toll that is going to take on you throughout the day if you can't get back to your hotel room to be able to drop that off and then come back. Number three, make sure that if you don't have the means to purchase snacks on site, that you pack a little something that is not going to spoil in your backpack. Pack a nice sealed bottle of water so you can stay hydrated. And pack some, you know, granola bars or some non-spoil fruit like apples, you know, or even some vegetables like uh, carrots or broccoli well, not or, or snack help packs. You. Um, the one thing that we noticed at San Diego Comic-Con, and I also did notice it back uh, a couple months ago in Vegas, was that they're going cashless. Which so and and it's and it's not the convention. So I don't want to blame them. It's the convention centers. It becomes a policy for any of the you know counters that you can go up and order food, or if they're individual kiosk or whatever, it's it's credit card or debit card only. So you know it's it's weird because even at Starbucks, right before I, I was connected with you, one time I was like. Right before the line, there were two ATMs. And it's like, well, why are you going to withdraw cash when they won't take it? Yeah, and... But, I mean, obviously for the convention and and, and merchants there. Well, and that's something but, that I noticed is that even though we are living in a society that is post-COVID-19 pandemic, more or less, a lot of these vendors whether it was Artist Alley or, you know, the Stylin' Online t-shirt tower or even that comic vendor that I found quite by happenstance and was able to get a couple of books to get signed at some point throughout this weekend, they're still great with cash, you know? Like, they're sure. all about it. Like, I mean, Card is obviously good, too, well, but they're, they were like, cash is great. Well, I love cash. And I think with merchants, it's, it's that they're going to get dinged per transaction, Right, you know, by chart, you know, taking cards, which is fine, but Unless, they don't have that with cash. Right. So. Yeah, with cash, you're able to actually keep track of your purchases and transactions and keep a tally of where you are, what is your goal, and where you need to be. Oh, have you met this goal? Great. Now the rest of this is just pocket money that you can be able to use for if you've got a long way to drive the return trip home. There you go. Hey, real quick, I just want to say, uh, I just want to give a shout out. We stopped by, uh, I stopped by the Mad Cave Studios booth, uh, spoke, uh, spoke with Maya and uh, uh, Amit, who's doing a new series, a mini series called Eating Frost. That's coming soon to look for, actually you can uh, scan the QR code, get issue one. So shout out to Mad Cave. We I did an interview with Brandon Easton about his series Robotech Rick Hunter with Titan Comics. Titan Comics has just been on a tear. Uh, they have a lot of things they, they just announced today with Jeremy Whit- Whitley and Megan Huang uh, bringing a queer fantasy series there, as well as two manga uh, titles coming for their uh, imprint. Um, we stopped at Oni Press. We have more coming from them. They have a new series that they just announced, uh, The Man from Maybe Number One, which looks amazing. That's a futuristic kind of... Uh, it looks very dystopian, but at the same time, it, yeah, it looks very uh, like kind of part Western, too. We'll get more into that when we publish that. Just want to say real quick, something you can look forward to. We are going to speak more with some of these publishers. We have a, a number of interviews still coming up. Boom, Dark Horse, Oni Press, all this. Um, 
But we also ran into uh, uh, we spoke with Jason Martin from who has a Kickstarter for Prince S Star Thief. Uh, that's coming up here. We're going to do a little Kickstarter spotlight with him real quick. Uh, yeah, we stopped at Hero Tomorrow Comics, uh, to work with the gentleman there. So hopefully we get connected, um, through email and start publishing some of the great stuff he was doing. Um, and, um, well, I mean, obviously, even though they're very, they're up there on the list of, like, the professionals, I was able to reconnect with, um, two gentlemen in the industry I consider good pals, Tom King and Mitch Jarrods. You know, you know them from stuff like Mr. Miracle, um, Tom is famous for, like, Sheriff of Babylon and his work on Vision, but these are, like, it doesn't matter whether you're an A-lister or a B-lister or an indie guy, these are wonderful people to connect with, whether you're a professional or a fan, because these are bonds that are forged in the in the crucible of fandoms. Exactly. And they will, if you don't, if you remember that these are people like you, they put on their pants one leg at a time. They gotta get up and scratch themselves good, like Yogi Bear coming out of his cave. They're human too. Exactly. And uh, yeah, we got a lot more coming for you. We'll be doing this every night, just kind of giving. Since we both split up and do some different things and connect with different people, uh, we did stop real quick with uh, Charlie Stickney and Connor Hughes. We're going to be talking with them, obviously, from White Ash. Uh, so, yeah, we have a lot more coming. We set up some new interviews today. And not only do we have more interviews coming, we're going to set up even more while we're there throughout the weekend, as well as, like I said, we're doing this nightly podcast so you can get an idea of a con experience beyond just what's written at Pop Code HQ or maybe in a video interview. Get a little more perspective on what it's like to be at a convention like this and, you know, seeing it through these different eyes and, you know, what did Josh experience? What did I experience? And now you're you're creating this larger world and, and seeing a larger picture of what Comic-Con is because sometimes writing and pictures really don't, you know, can't really fully explain the magnitude of uh, what you're experiencing uh, at an event like this. Very well put, man. Uh, Very well ja- put. Josh, do you have anything you want to wrap up for uh, night one here, episode one? Uh, uh, yeah. My final thing is um, I actually found the website for uh, that Master Chief cosplayer that I talked about earlier, uh, sinisterprops.com. That's sinisterprops, P-R-O-P-Z, dot com. Check them out. I'm sure uh, if the armor is any indicator of how awesome he is that his stuff is worth checking out awesome yeah and we will start we'll start compiling and uh getting you stuff some stuff in written contact with links and and social media accounts and ways to follow the cosplayers we take pictures of and the creators we interview and the publishers that we're promoting uh it's gonna be a big weekend here and day one is in the books we're tired. We're going to call it a night, and we are going to get up early and get down to San Diego and uh, kick off Friday, which is going to be amazing. Got some great interviews coming up with Boom Studios. Uh, I know Josh is excited about it. We got uh, He's going to be speaking with Stan Sakai tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to be speaking with Ralph Tedesco from Zenoscope. Great things lined up. Uh, You're really going to love it. So uh, stay with us. 
keep checking back nightly for our recap of our experience for each day during San Diego Comic Con 2023. Live in San Diego, Pop Code HQ's Josh Tester, Jason Bennett, and uh, yeah, thanks for joining us and you know, bringing those Comic Con home with you.